Welcome to the Carolina Contractor Show with your host, General Contractor Donnie Blanchard. Brought to you by GAF, the world's largest roofing manufacturer. GAF, we protect what matters most. And Mid-Atlantic Roofing Supply, providing contractors, home builders, and many others with superior quality roofing products. Mid-Atlantic Roofing Supply. And it's beginning to feel a lot like Christmas. And this is the Carolina Contractor Show. My name is Eric Smith. Across from me, General Contractor Donnie Blanchard. And the first place to go before we get to today's subject is thecarolinacontractor.com. We've got links to past shows up there. You can listen to them in a podcast form. We've got information on the show of subjects we've covered. We also have the very popular Ask the Contractor. And that's kind of what the show is going to be about today. I'll get to that in a minute. There's a little button that says, ask the contractor. You have a question about your house, the inside, the outside, up, down, sideways. We don't care. Any subject, electrical, plumbing, drilling, hit the button, submit it. It goes to Donnie. Donnie answers those questions. And we we actually like you sending us email for any reason. Good, bad, in between. Let us know. Keep in contact. Speaking of which, we have our Facebook site. We also have the Instagram site, which is at uh, a little over 9,200 followers. Thank you so much for being plugged in that way. But again, go to the website, thecarolinacontractor.com. Now, last week, we did a show about myth-busting your home buying experience. You're in the market to buy a home, and there's some myths out there that you might need to know. Well, surprisingly, Donnie, we generated a lot of questions from listeners that we didn't cover. So we're kind of doing a listener question show only, but it's related to the one topic, myths about home buying. So, Donnie, I'm going to jump right into this because we got a lot of questions. Number one, you need a permit for any house project. Go. Um, I would say uh, no, definitely a no on that one. But uh, the rule of thumb in North Carolina is you need a permit for any project over $30,000. The other rule of thumb is if there's anything structural, you'll also need a permit. So that that comes into um, anything like headers being cut out or a load-bearing wall being moved or removed. And uh, the other thing that would constitute a permit is if you have any changes to your plumbing, HVAC, or electrical in the house. Is that a very common thing for people to ask you about, do I need a permit or not need a permit? Absolutely. People try to ask me off the record questions like that all the time. And and basically, I would just say that if you're handy enough and you're not going to move a wall, if it's something cosmetic like paint, adding some trim, or maybe a kitchen renovation, in most cases, kitchen renovation doesn't have anything to do with the plumbing other than changing out the faucet. And that's something that a homeowner can do totally DIY. All right. uh, We got another question here, Donnie, about uh, buying a house and and just your house in general. When it comes to an HVAC unit, heating, ventilation, air conditioning, bigger is better. Uh, That's definitely not true. And that's, that's something that people run into more often than not because the heating and air contractor may not be very experienced with the sizing aspect of that. So they always overshoot. And the danger in that is that the unit cycles on and off too quick. So all the unit knows is that it is meeting the called for temperature. So if you set it for 70, it's going to get to 70 as fast as possible. And a unit that's too many tons will get to that 70 degree mark faster and and it doesn't dehumidify the air. So you usually end up with a humidity problem in that circumstance. And it's a, a big mess because you overpay for the equipment. And then when you change the equipment out to handle the humidity problem, you've just got a lot of unnecessary money spent. If you'd like to check this, you can usually go outside to your condenser unit and it has a tag on it. Uh, you can take a picture of that tag and find out online just how many tons your unit is. The rule of thumb there is 600 square feet per ton if you have a standard insulation package. So a three-ton unit will do an 1,800-square-foot house, and that is by the floor. So each floor breaks down into its own 600-per-square-foot tonnage. Okay, Donnie, that gives me a, a secondary question to that. What if 
the unit you already have in your house is not sized correctly, do you need to make sure that whoever is going to install it or you you yourself know the exact square footage of your house, both floors? Yes, if you're handy with that and you understand how the calculations work and where to find that square footage, uh, it's pretty easy to find that if you go to Zillow or just uh, Google your address, there'll be a lot of sites on there that have more information than what's comfortable about the house you live in. And so, yeah, you can you can check that. The best way to do it is just call a heating and air company out for maybe a quote. And most of them do free quotes for you. So they'll tell you in that circumstance, and they'll probably look at what you have and bring it to your attention that it's not sized properly. All right, Donnie, the next question we have that was sent to thecarolinacontractor.com regarding myths about home buying is homeowner's insurance covers a flooded basement. Is that true or false? Um, it depends on the source of the water. So in most cases, it will. If there's uh, what they call man-made peril and acts of God are the two different causes for uh, things that get damaged around your house. And say you have a pipe burst or a washing machine hose breaks or something like that, that's usually covered. If, if that's the source of the water in the basement, then yes, your homeowner's insurance would absolutely cover it because both of those are man-made perils. If it's what they call surface water, so if a water main outside down the street breaks and uh, your house floods because of a water main break, or if you just have a torrential downpour and for the first time the water is routed to your house and it enters into the basement from the outside, that surface water would not be covered or anything that's damaged would not be covered under your homeowner's insurance policy. A lot of people aren't familiar with this, but uh, a flood policy is a completely separate thing. When I worked in New Orleans as an insurance adjuster back gosh, forever ago, 15 years ago, we had a lot of houses that were that flooded and these people didn't know that they had to carry a separate flood insurance policy, but it's definitely something to ask your insurance agent about. And I want to say the maximum amount of coverage you can get with a flood insurance policy is $250,000. All right. Uh, this must be from a new listener to the show, Donnie, because we've answered this before. <laughs> can you get shocked taking a bath during a storm? Absolutely. I know a lot of people thought that was an old wives tale and, um, it usually, not usually, you always hear about it in an older home. And the reason being is that the drain lines for a lot of these older homes are cast iron. Of course, that's a conductor. Uh, the supply lines are usually copper. And of course, that's a superconductor. So uh, yes, if, if your house isn't properly grounded and uh, lightning could strike a tree in the yard even, and it could make its way to the house and, and you could feel a surge. This actually happened to me when I was about 15 years old. We lived in an older home. One of the bathrooms didn't have a stand-up shower. So of course, I get in there. Actually, I didn't make it in there. When I reached to turn the water on, it got me. So I witnessed this personally on the newer homes. You know, usually the drains are made out of PVC. And of course, we talk about the new supply lines are always PEX, which is a plastic product. So other than the fittings that hold all these together, you know, the the supply lines and the drains aren't anything that can conduct electricity. But yes, definitely in an older home, something to be aware of and maybe have an electrician come out and check your, your panel out. Make sure your house is properly grounded to avoid anything like that happening. Now, this next question, Donnie, is sent in from a listener. I'm going to have a follow-up after your answer, so get ready. I'm going to test you on something or at least get your opinion. This question was, it saves energy to leave lamps on in your house because starting up a lamp or turning it on just pulls extra power out. Is that a myth or not? Um, So it just depends on if you have the old-style light bulbs and basically like a car that needs a shot of gas when you start it up, you know, similar uh, situation. When you turn on a light for the old type bulbs, they would draw this spike of current and, and they had to heat up a, a cold filament in an incandescent bulb. So uh, that is one of those things when with an older bulb, you could argue the point that just leaving the light on all the time may save a little bit of energy. But now, um, you know, with the LED bulbs, that's not a thing anymore. And I pretty much changed everything out in my house to LEDs. And I think I mentioned to you on a prior show that on my coach lights outside, I have the, uh, it, they replicate 
almost like a, a dancing flame in my coach lights, and I never, ever turn those off. They've been on consistently for three years, and they haven't burned out yet. But uh, point being, uh, on an older light bulb, I would say that that it's probably about even, but uh, in most cases, it, it doesn't pay not to turn them off. You should just do that. My follow-up was this, Donnie. You know how some cars, mine has it, your, your truck might not. When you come to a complete stop, your engine cuts, and then when you let off the brake, it automatically restarts it. I know we're not a car show, but it just seems to me that's going to put unnecessary wear and tear on your car. I don't know what part, the engine or the starter or something. Right. I agree. Good. So we are both uh, two X's against using that one. All right. Question. Uh, next question. It's like six question we've had from listeners who submitted it at thecarolinacontractor.com when it comes to myths about your home. You can't water plants in the hot sun. And I actually responded to this, but that was the main question. And I said, well, you know, why are you asking? And basically their reason for asking was that uh, they read or were, they were told that the water droplets could magnify the sunshine and burn the plants. And so, you know, I had to look that one up because I said, I've, I've never heard of that before. And I water my plants in the summer all the time. When you forget, you come home, they're droopy and you give them a shot of water thinking it's going to fix things. And it certainly doesn't hurt it. But if you're on city water and you pay for your water, you're basically just wasting that because uh, it's so hot in the summer. Most of the time, uh, I'd say most of the water evaporates before the plant can absorb that. The best time to, to water plants is definitely in the morning. If you do it at night, of course, plant can't absorb it. It's just too, it's too, um, too cold, too dark kind of thing. So the best time to do it is in the morning, and uh, that gives your, your plants the best chance to eat. All right, Donnie, another question here that I do not know the answer. I've actually never heard this before. Opening your windows or doors during a storm causes damage. I'm assuming this is based on pressure? Yes. You're always told don't, you know, don't get next to windows and doors during a tornado warning or, you know, a big storm should a hurricane pass over. Both of those storms bring very high pressure air. And so when you open, when you breach the envelope to your house by opening a window or a door, you're you're allowing that high pressure air into your house. And that same high pressure air has to escape somewhere. So it literally could blow out a, another window if you open one on uh, the opposite side of the house. And it's definitely something not to do. And, and I read somewhere where someone said it could actually ha- cause a house to explode in the right circumstance. But yeah, definitely all windows, doors, garage door even need to be closed completely in the event of a big storm, because it could do a lot more damage once that high pressure air enters the house. Right now, people couldn't see it, but the more you know rainbow just went over the top of me because I had no idea about that. (laughs) All right, we got another segment of questions, and it it was weird how this show, Donnie, that we did last week generated so many questions about homes and, and myths about them, but we got another half dozen questions or so about roofing myths that are out there. So I'm going to start with this next section since it's been itemized this way. Dark colored shingles will result in higher energy bills. Um, This is sun absorption, light absorption, I guess. Right. Well, this is a, a two-part answer, but I'll start off with just standard architectural shingles. Um, the the way of thinking, and a lot of older people think about it this way because the insulation codes weren't as stringent back when maybe they lived in their first or second house. But uh, people say, well, I don't want black shingles because it's going to heat up my house. And um, when I w- did the insurance adjuster gig back so many years ago, I had a tool belt that hung down about thigh high. And off the tool belt, um, I had a compass. And it was just a cheap one that I could, you know, I found at a sporting goods store. But it, it hung down about knee height from my tool belt. I got obsessive compulsive about checking roof temperatures. So when I would go up on the roof and I would go on a gray roof, I would check and it'd be 160. 
I'd go on a black roof. It'd be 162, 163, and I'd checked every color, and this is before I ever got any of these questions. I was just curious. The temperature didn't vary more than five degrees in any circumstance from black to the lightest gray you could get. If you want a black roof, but you're thinking otherwise because it may heat up your attic or your house, I'd go ahead and go with the black roof. Right now, the energy code for your attic is R38 for insulation, so that R38 provides a nice barrier between the attic air and the house air. And I would say that the color difference doesn't make enough to sway me towards a lighter color shingle. My opinion, and I'm a man, so I don't get to give opinions on colors very often, but a light gray shingle looks like a faded black shingle, in my opinion. So the black gives you a nice, rich new look. GAF came out with a, a Energy Star line of shingles, and they cost a lot more. And so several thousand dollars more to get these. And they gave you an Energy Star tax credit, and supposedly they kept your attic much cooler. Uh, in my experience, uh, the another manufacturer made a similar shingle, and we went in to look at this thing because it didn't do what it was supposed to do. So not the GAF version, and I won't call out the manufacturer, but what it did wrong is it didn't get hot enough. So the, the shingles actually didn't seal together. And, you know, come a big windstorm, if your shingles aren't properly sealed, of course, the wind could be prone to take those shingles off. So I'm not a fan in any way, shape or form of those Energy Star shingles. Something that sounded really good. It was pretty on paper because you got a tax rebate. But at the same time, um, the extra several thousand dollars and the fact that they had problems sealing would definitely sway me away from those. Our next question that was sent in, maybe not a question, but it's kind of like the grumps in all of us. And I'm sure you, Donnie, owning SureTop Roofing, come across this. Well, I don't need a roof. It doesn't leak. And is that a myth? It depends on how proactive you want to be as a homeowner. And I see a lot of people that they get us to come out every five years or so, and we just kind of take a look at things. And uh, there are a lot of things that can be fixed before the shingles need replacing. For instance, pipe boots don't have near the lifespan of the shingles that surround those. So with pipe boots, we do a few extra things to, to make sure that you don't have problems with those. But a lot of times those fail anywhere from five to eight years, and there's just no way around it. So you definitely have roof maintenance uh, in, in the lifespan of the shingles that you put on. Another thing is uh, with flashing, if if your flashing was not cut into the brick the proper way, then of course the uh, you're at the mercy of a caulk bead, and we both know if the wrong kind of caulk is used, and you know that could fail uh, way premature of the uh, the roof shingle. So uh, I would just advise everybody that definitely a roof is maintenance. If you're not comfortable walking your roof to keep tabs on it every five years, that's why you have roof companies that come out and do that for free in most cases. But um, if you start to see fiberglass and when I tell people to stand on the ground and look at your roof, if your roof sparkles, that's it's not a good thing. Uh, as good as it sounds, that's the fiberglass mat showing. So uh, usually means that your roof is coming near the end of its lifespan. And uh, once those asphalt granules have all been displaced or if they've fallen off and washed out through the gutters, then you're basically at the mercy of that fiberglass mat, which is the real roofing, but the asphalt granules are, are sort of like the uh, sunscreen for that. So when they're all gone, the way that the insurance companies and the manufacturers word this is your roof deteriorates at an accelerated rate. All right. Well, this jumps into this next question, which is all asphalt shingles are the same. We know the answer to this. Right. Um, well, I won't get into designer shingles because that's a whole nother episode. Um, with most people, they know the difference between architectural and three tab shingles. Uh, definitely a big difference. Those three tab shingles are much cheaper. And I will say if I were giving somebody advice, just person to person or friend to friend, I would say that labor costs the same to install both of those shingles. But one is a 25 year shingle, the three tab and the architecturals, well, the ones we use, uh, GA, GAF Timberline series, those are a 50 year shingle. So for just a little bit more money, we're talking hundreds, not thousands for a little bit more money. Uh, you can put a, a shingle with double the lifespan on it. It's far superior in terms of wind warranty and everything about it. So uh, definitely not all asphalt shingles are made the same. 
All right, this is the Carolina Contractor Show. We're a little over halfway through today's episode, and we're talking about home myths, sometimes when it's buying a home or just repairs, or in this case, talking about whether you need a new roof and and shingles and the comparisons between the two. And that boils down to the big myth, repairing my roof will be expensive. I can't say for sure whether it'll be expensive or not because every problem is different, but I will say that most roofing companies have a minimum charge. What we do, for instance, is uh, we have a, depending on which county you live in, we have a five or a $600 minimum charge. And when we come out, say, to repair a pipe boot, we repair all the pipe boots. We repair any flashing that needs uh, maintenance. We check for all nail pops. We check all ridge vents, anything that could possibly leak. We check that out. So uh, that's not, in my opinion, versus letting your roof go and uh, neglecting it as a homeowner, that could result in a leak and, and you'll have way more than $500 of interior damage. And, you know, if you can prevent water intrusion before it starts, I think that's the most proactive, best money saver that you can you can have because um, once water breaches that roof, you know, you're looking at insulation repair, drywall repair, paint, and just having four or five different subcontractors involved. And that's a can of worms you definitely don't want to open. All right. I wonder on this next question, Donnie, people confuse aluminum siding or vinyl siding and think a roof is the same. When you get vinyl siding put on your house, they can put it over the existing siding. So the the myth here that needs to be busted is you can put a new roof and install it over your old existing one. So really this comes down to the manufacturer's rules and regulations. And most of the manufacturers say that you can do it once. I will say that they had to cave on that because so many people do it and it would have been such an uproar over warranty issues and so forth that uh, they had to at least give you one layer. Um, I've never done a roof over is what we call it. I've never done a roof over. Uh, I always strip the shingles off before we put the new shingles on. Reason being, if I'm putting a 50-year shingle on their house, they get one chance to take a look at that roof deck and just see what they're working with. And on an average house, I can have that house stripped by 10 o'clock in the morning. If you get a one-shot deal to take a look and make sure everything is structurally sound, especially if you've had leaks in the past, more than likely you have a piece of plywood or two that needs to be changed out. And just in terms of doing things the right way, I would say that that definitely don't do a roof over. Uh, you're going to save a few hundred dollars, maybe not not much at all, and and a dump fee, and that's pretty much what it comes down to. But you lose the chance at doing the ice and water shield in the valleys. You lose the chance of doing the synthetic underlayment that we use under the shingles, and all those things are just really good products that they didn't have around last time you probably had that roof put on. So you definitely forfeit a lot of good things, everything from the product to uh, the warranty to the potential of it leaking. I mean, uh, let's be real, two layers of shingles, it's a lot more weight on your house. It's going to hold a lot more heat. And I would say if it's an older home, especially, and you're not sure that you have a solid foundation, you know, the weight of that roof, you're adding thousands and thousands of pounds to that house. And uh, if you don't have an adequate footing under the foundation, you could start to see cracks. It's just, it could lead to all kinds of problems over just saving a few hundred dollars. And I definitely don't think it's something you should uh, turn a blind eye to. All right, here's another one right in your wheelhouse, Donnie. Uh, Only the most extensive damage requires a roof replacement. We're not talking repair. We're talking a roof replacement. It's got to be just shot before it'd be a a recommendation to replace the roof, correct? Uh, In in terms of, um, I, I didn't reach back out to these people, but I understood their question to be from an insurance standpoint. So I would say that, um, no, I, I, when I was an insurance adjuster, the way they told us to make the call is that if it had damage on every slope, so I'll just use a regular ranch house. It's the front slope, back slope, maybe a couple of dormers. If they had missing shingles on, uh, say one or two areas of the front and missing shingles on one or two areas of the back, that was plenty. So, 
Uh, if there's just one missing shingle or on the front and you don't have any on the back, then they'll probably just write it up for a repair. And a lot of times those repairs don't exceed the amount of your deductible. But I was surprised at what they would pay for uh, from the insurance carrier standpoint. And uh, we could get into that on another show in terms of which insurance companies pay better than others and how you find those good paying companies. Because uh, let's face it, you're really just buying air until something happens. So you want a good insurance company that's going to pay out when they're called for. The other kind of damage that we see is hail damage. And so with hail damage, uh, the rule of thumb is different for every insurance company. But what they do is a test square. So they come out with chalk and they draw a 10 by 10 section and they try to find the how many hail strikes you have in that 10 by 10 section. And of course, you would need that on the front and the back as well. And hail kind of comes in not sideways, but definitely at an angle. So usually when a hailstorm passes over, it's only going to hit one side or the other. It takes a pretty good size hailstone to make enough damage to warrant both uh, slope replacements, but we still see it all the time. And, and uh, definitely, uh, if it's isolated to an area that gets hit, you can usually look on a hail map and tell just about which houses are going to qualify for replacement. Unfortunately, those hail maps are accessible to storm chasers, and uh, we don't even get caught in the mix when when that happens. But um, definitely a common thing right around where we record the show. We know that GAF has a pretty incredible set of warranties, some of them for 50 years. But the question someone had was roof warranties are expensive and you don't really need them. Myth or not? Oh, total myth. Total myth. We preach about the warranties all the time. And of course, we partner with the big manufacturers, the big three, uh, GAF, Certainteed, and Owens Corning. And we're certified with a, a couple of the other manufacturers too. Reason being is uh, they stopped producing all the colors during the pandemic. And a couple of these off-brand manufacturers still had the reds, blues, greens, and things that we needed to uh, supply some of these requests. But these three larger roof manufacturers provide a 50-year warranty. Uh, we gravitate towards the GAF shingles just because they have a few other things. Their wind warranty is superior to the other two, and uh, their fiberglass mat is uh, the big secret. And of course, I just mentioned earlier that the fiberglass mat is the real roofing product. And uh, funny story, I think our GAF rep mentioned this a year or two ago when he was on our show, but GAF used to sell the fiberglass mat to some of their competitors. So they actually sold the real roofing product from uh, GAF to their competitors and they put their spin, their color on it and everything and, and sold it. But they still do sell the fiberglass mat to some folks, but they don't sell the same fiberglass mat they use in their product. So very exclusive there. But those extended warranties, uh, we install the roof the exact same way. We install it to qualify for the warranty. Really, the only thing left to do at that point is to purchase the warranty. And depending on the level of the warranty, it could be anywhere from two to $300. And that's going to give you several more years of coverage. It's going to give you several more years of workmanship. And I just think it's a no brainer because things happen. And um, if your roof happens to be one of those that has a manufacturer's defect, and we don't see it often, you definitely want the coverage to avoid that headache of what you have to go through to get it replaced. All right. This is the Carolina Contractor Show. You're listening to General Contractor and owner of Suretop Roofing, Donnie Blanchard. And we did a show a couple weeks ago and it was on myths about your home, uh, myths about home buying, the process. And we got so many questions emailed in. We've been answering them all day, and we're going to run out of time before we can get to them all. But we've got a few minutes here. We can get a couple more in. And I thought this was a good question because you do some houses at the coast, Donnie. You can use metal roofing, steel metal roofing at the coast, right? People do it all the time, but you're not supposed to. Uh, aluminum is the right product to use at the coast because uh, they say that Everything from the coastline in about five miles calls for aluminum because of the potential to rust. And the difference between the steel and the aluminum is there's a warranty on the substrate being the aluminum, whereas with the steel, there's no warranty on that steel. Uh, so technically, 
once you breach the paint, uh, the steel can rust. And if the paint is breached on the aluminum, the aluminum steel can't uh, rust. So definitely the right thing to do at the coast to use the aluminum. Uh, the aluminum weighs about a half pound per square foot and the steel weighs about a pound per square foot. So uh, you would think that that would be a deterrent because they are so much more wind prone from being on the coastline from hurricanes. But uh, when you fasten one of these standing seam uh, metal roofs together, the fastener system definitely gives you the best wind resistance of any roofing product out there. And uh, it, there's no harm in using that half pound per square foot aluminum. And uh, it's just a little more expensive. I say that it was a little more expensive up until steel prices went crazy. And I think steel's up about 45% as of last week. So steel and aluminum got a little closer in terms of uh, price. And, and uh, definitely if you were going to do that, though, I would say anything within five miles of the water needs aluminum. All right, Donnie, that gives me a question uh, myself, and we'll wrap up the show with it. If the fastening system is what really is important and how it is anchored to the house and to the framing, does that mean all metal roofs are pretty much the same? Uh, definitely not. So uh, everything from the gauge to the paint warranty, the gauge of the steel, uh, what you normally see is 24 or 26 gauge on the, the more expensive metal roofing. It's called standing seam. And um, there, the alternative to that is what you might see on, say, a manufactured home or they have the carport stands on every corner or used to. And they have the what we call screw down is the slang. So uh, that's an exposed fastener system where the screws are on the outside exposed to the weather. But in most cases, that screw down metal is a 29 gauge. So the higher the gauge, the thinner the metal. And it's much thinner, much lighter. And the paint warranty is a siliconized polyester paint system. And that's only good for about a 10-year warranty. So after about that 10-year mark, your roof is almost guaranteed to fade, especially on the south side with all the sun exposure. So definitely definitely a big difference in the two of those. The cost is about three times different. So the, the standing seam, which is called a concealed fastener system, all the screws are under the metal. Nothing is exposed to the weather. Far superior system, but it costs about three times more than the other one I spoke of with the exposed fasteners. Go to the website, thecarolinacontractor.com. It's got the Ask the Contractor button right there. And we don't care what, it doesn't have to be about your roof. Again, Donnie knows a lot about that because he owns suretoproofing.com. But he knows a lot about houses as a general contractor, the inside, the outside. So if you got a question, send them in. We Next week, uh, Donnie, you're going to bake uh, Christmas cookies out of candy canes. Is that correct? Absolutely. I'll do that post pictures, and I'll even bring hot chocolate. Oh, I'm up for that. And that means we will see you next week on the Carolina Contractor Show. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Carolina Contractor Show. Learn more at thecarolinacontractor.com. Brought to you by GAF, we protect what matters most, and Mid-Atlantic Roofing Supply, providing contractors, home builders, and more with superior quality roofing products. Hey, it's Eric Smith, co-host of the Carolina Contractor Show for SureTop Roofing. A brand new roof is even more affordable than ever. SureTop Roofing, your local GAF Master Elite certified roofer, now offers financing plans for as low as $85 a month. That's probably less than your internet or cell phone bill. With approved credit, you can finance that brand new roof for 10 years at 9.9%, and that includes warranties for up to 50 years. But this offer is only available from SureTop Roofing, so schedule your free estimate at SureTop Roofing. That's SureTopRoofing.com.